welcome to the greatest episode of Fandom at Random Yet. Oh yeah! This is going to be one for the history books. So welcome, welcome, welcome all for tuning back in. I am Ed at Random, and guess what, boys and girls? There's no Brian at Random today. Brian ain't here. So we uh, we have a very special guest star on. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, mystery Hi. guest. I am Matt. I am not at Random, but I am here. <laughs> You are randomly here. <laughs> I did not even plan for him. I, I just said, I'm going to do this on my own. He he literally showed up, kicked my door down, and yeah. said, let's do this. It was weird. I was walking by this dude's house, and he's like, hey, 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 you want to be in a podcast? I'm like, oh, I guess so. <laughs> I got candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think this is, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. No, I got no Brian holding me down, so I feel I feel good. Dude, I feel elevated. So much better without <laughs> Brian, I think. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we've got, like I said, a lot of great things to talk about. This is going to be a very special kind of unique episode. We're going to break the format a little bit. We're not really going to do a fandom focus. No fandom fighters this week. Only with Brian not being here. But we've got a very, very kind of cool thing we're going to do. But before we do any of that, uh, we are going to get into some news. And as always, if you want to reach out to us, fandom at randompod at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Any ideas you have, really anything at all, drop us a line. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. With that being said, uh, let's get into some news, Matt. Yeah, let's do it. Welcome back into the news at random with your daily dose of fandom news across all walks of nerddom and pop culture fandom. So starting right off the bat, uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Netflix a little bit because ne- Netflix, uh, we've got some Netflix news. Let's uh, I mean, right off the bat, uh, some of the Netflix The Witcher, which is an upcoming show based off the books and the games uh some of the casting photos actually dropped uh we can get to see superman as Geralt, Geralt of uh, rivea i mean did you uh did you see these photos i did yeah he looks pretty badass i never played the games but he looks pretty cool yeah yeah and it, you know i know a lot of people are comparing it to witcher 2 witcher 3 which are very iconic games i think it's going to more so follow the books which i'll be honest i don't know too much about i know more about the game world but I mean, I think it all looks good. I know a couple people were kind of crapping on his hair, saying it looks like a bad cosplayer's wig, but I didn't it, think it looked that it, bad. It looks a little weird, but, I mean, if it's the very first picks, if they're just like, um, uh, what I'm trying to think of, uh, promotional stills, it might just not be the complete, full, finished costume. You know, yeah. they, may, they may have a better wig in store for him, but yep. and then And then you have uh, Anya Chalatra as Yennefer and Freya Allen as Siri, both of which look great. And yeah, I I've got high hopes. I mean, Netflix is just throwing money at this thing. Oh yeah. And you know, high fantasy seems to be in demand, especially with Game of Thrones going the wayside. Mm-hmm. And Henry Cavill actually left the DC universe. You know, he was he said I'm walking away from Superman to pursue this. Oh, that's pretty sweet. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, yeah. And again, I don't know if that's because the DC universe is a l- dumpster fire right now. <laughs> And he's just like, I need to get off this sinking ship. I mean, it's good, good move. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I don't have to CGI a mustache on Geralt at all. <laughs> uh, 
and again, let's stay with some Netflix. Uh, Stranger Stranger Things season three. We're recording this. We're going to release this on July fifth. Stranger Things three dropped yesterday. I'm sure some of you listening right now have probably already binged the shit out of it. I know, you know, I know my wife Nicole was super excited. She already started it. Matt, do you watch Stranger Things at all? I do. I saw the first season. I saw most of the second season. I just didn't finish it because I'm kind of lame. Yeah, but super it is lame. very sweet. Uh, I do enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, and I think everything I've read is that it essentially almost flows like an eight-hour movie. Hmm. So they, they, you know, Netflix—they've got this formula down now. With they know people are going to binge, so they're essentially making just one continuous hit play. Sit yeah. back, grab some snacks, strap a diaper on because you're not leaving the <laughs> you're not leaving the couch for eight hours. So that pretty much covers a lot of the Netflix news, but we're going to stay in the realm of TV shows. This is more your realm. Uh, let's talk yeah. Wheel of Time right now. What do you know about this? Yeah, Wheel of Time is one of my all-time favorite book series. It is outrageously insane and huge and long and one of the deepest books I've ever read. And Amazon is making a TV series on it, which is pretty sweet. Um, they just announced, well, I guess last Wednesday, they announced their very first casting news, and that's Rosamund Pike is going to be their lead uh, of Moraine, which is not quite the lead of the books, but I guess in the first book she kind of is a lead Yeah, she's one of, the, one of the main protagonists. Yeah, yeah, she's one of the main par- characters. And, and, I mean, Rosamund Pike is not someone that is just some random actress they just got to play someone. She's Oscar-nominated. She's won Emmys. She's won all kinds of stuff. Now, who so. who is who is releasing this Wheel of Time? Uh, that is on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah, Amazon. It's, uh, it's being run by a dude named Rafe Junkins, or Jenkins. I can't remember his last name. Leroy? Leroy. Jenkins. Uh, Yeah, he did uh, some of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., some of the better episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he is a super big Wheel of Time fan, so. Yeah, you know, I haven't haven't started it. I know you've talked about it a long time, and I'm going to start it before this show drops, and I know you, what is it, seven, eight books? It is 14 books. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it takes a little while to get through. Uh, Okay, and I I know Sanderson actually stepped in and finished, what, the last three or four? Yeah, the last three books, because the author, the original author, Robert Jordan, passed away uh, before he finished his last book, but that last book ended up turning into three books, because he had so much stuff he had finished up, yeah. So I, had, I heard Sanderson. Did, I heard Sanderson did a great job. Yeah, he did a good job. You can definitely tell the 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 uh, the voice of the book changes just a little bit. The tone changes a little bit to know that it's a new a new author, but it's not. It's nothing jarring. Does he randomly have people eating metal shavings and floating through the air? <laughs> he does not. He does not. He does not even have guys in super super crystal powered armor. So wow, all I right, yeah. A, yeah, a little bit different for Sanderson. It so is. yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. I'm going to check it out for yeah. sure. And getting into the world of video games, I mean, I've been finally, I finally started Cuphead on Switch, and I've heard comparisons that I'm a big Dark Souls fan, that it is the Dark Souls of platformers. I can thankfully tell you that is an accurate description. (laughs) Holy crap. Like, I don't lose, I don't get agitated with gaming too much. I'm not one of those guys that, you know, breaks the controller, throws it across the room, but man, this game, dude, holy, it, it's it's ridiculous. Tough. It's tough. I mean, you you do pretty well with games like that, right? I, oh, I do great with them. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to set my entire house on fire <laughs> when I'm playing Dark Souls. <laughs> I just remember you were you were at Firelink Shrine, like literally one of the opening parts of the game, and you couldn't get past like this little skeleton. The one mirage. skeleton, he kept killing me, and you were like, "Fuck it 
right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. Which is great. So yeah, Cuphead and uh, another one that I'm actually just stepping into now is Magic Arena. So you PC players out there, Magic the Gathering Arena, and it's it's cool, man. I'm a big Magic player. I have been since I've been young. You know, I've been playing back since the early to mid '90s, and I think it's I think it's great. It's it's accessible. It's the full game. The best way I can describe it, they took Magic Online, they took Duels of the Planeswalkers, they mashed them together, and they came out with a great end product. Um, it's only currently standard right now, only standard format, but I mean, rumor is that it may spawn its own kind of extended or modern format once things rotate. That remains to be seen, but I'm, I'm heavily enjoying it. I haven't dropped a dollar into it yet. It's all been free, so it's, uh, it's been enjoyable. I've liked it. That's I mean, cool. I know you didn't dabble into magic too much after your terrible, the the incident. The after the incident, we'll <laughs> we'll call it the incident. So I got Matt to actually come to a Magic the Gathering tournament after playing a few times, and it was the most amazing experience ever because you know Matt, you can't see him right now. Matt's Matt's a pretty big dude. He's got you know the big beard, this and that. So you know he's sitting down at a table again. This is his first. Outside of playing on a kitchen table, his first organized tournament. Oh yeah, it was actually a uh, it was a release party. I'm trying to. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Zendikar. I think so. I believe yeah. it was Zendikar. So great set to go to for a release, and he gets paired up. I think it was round one, and it was best of three, typical yep. Magic tournament. So he he gets sat down next to a what was he eight maybe? It was probably an eight or nine year old eight or kid, nine yeah. year old kid. And this kid ends up playing like a blue mill deck. And Matt Matt's never been milled before up until this point. So that's when somebody takes your entire library, puts it in your graveyard. And this kid starts playing, if you look it up, Hedron Crab. That's the worst card <laughs> Magic has ever come up with. It's a one-drop crab that every time you play an island with landfall, you have to put your top three cards in your library. And I'm looking over at Matt, and, and I just hear, Hedron Crab! <laughs> Hedron Crab! And I just see Matt getting angrier and angrier. <laughs> Game two. I'm going to play my Hedron Crab! I wanted to rip that card in a thousand pieces. And you pretty much were done with Magic after that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, Matt's long and storied career of magic kind of ended on that day due to an eight-year-old with the Hedron Crab. Yeah. So, yeah, watch out, crab people. Yeah, I'll get you. But, I mean, newsworthy, Matt, anything else off the top of your head going on you want to bring up? Nothing that I can think of. Um, yeah, I think that's about it, man. Cool. Well, like I said, we're not really going to do a fandom focus of the week. We're going to do a new segment that we're going to call Fandom Failures. And we've got a, uh, we've got, I've got Dave Ring. We mentioned before he actually makes all the drops for the show. Thank you, Dave. He's working Thanks, on a, Dave. he's working on a special drop for Fandom Failures. He's not quite there yet. He's kind of, he's putting some extra effort into this one. I think it's be badass, but I've got a good placeholder. So let's start it. The greatest adventure is what. Eyes ahead today and tomorrow are yet to be said. Yeah, yeah, I had to. <laughs> That's one of my favorite songs. I know. <laughs> and what was one of my favorite books? Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that. So we're here to talk about The Hobbit. Yeah, not the book. Well, although we're going to reference that and mention it, we're going to talk about the Hobbit trilogy yeah. again. A trilogy of movies 
based on a 200 and odd change book. Yep. So Meant for children. So, and again, if you're listening, uh, Matt across from me is a huge Tolkien fan. One of the many reasons I wanted to get him on today to kind of pick his brain about this topic because, you know, he knows Tolkien better than anyone I know. And, I mean, off the bat, you know, let's talk Lord of the Rings, yeah. the trilogy. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was it was otherworldly. You know, it was one of those. It started that new. When you think of, you know, franchises that are amazing, you've got Star Wars. You've got Star Trek. You've got the Harry Potter universe. You know, a few others here and there. And you would put Lord of the Rings, the Tolkien universe, up there. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you if you're going back, I mean, we're you know we're looking at all right. So Lord of the Rings has been done for a while, and we hear that the the Hobbit is being optioned, which I'm ecstatic about. Dude, I was super psyched. So the expect the expectations are right now they are through the fucking roof mm-hmm. for this movie, and you know you start hearing rumblings of what's going on. Yeah. You know at this point there's multiple studios involved between I think it was MGM, the New Line, New Line, yeah. And so there's there's multiple kind of studios that have their hand on this and then the other curveball is the Tolkien estate which we're going to get into in a little mm-hmm. bit. But again, huge 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 expectations for this movie. Yeah. Then they announced Guillermo del Toro is going to yes. direct it. So let's my brain explodes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Guillermo del Toro is going to direct it. And before we even get into that, I do want to mention too, we're talking about hype on this movie. I remember you and I were in the office when they released the trailer on mm-hmm. YouTube for this. Oh, yeah. And it was just the the dwarves singing the mm-hmm. Misty Mountain song. Yep. And we were like I had goosebumps. Yep. That is single-handedly the best thing to come out of those three movies. Yeah, that's about it. That one scene. Yeah, if they <laughs> so. if they did like an edit of the good parts, that would pretty much be it. Yeah, that's all. That's all you need. So, yeah, it that it was just fantastic and the movie was everything but that. Correct. So, we're going to quickly jump here before we get into the exact things, the issues we had with the trilogy. Let's talk about leading up to the trilogy, the things that just built upon this mm-hmm. Titanic of a movie. Oh, yeah. And by Titanic, I don't mean great. I'm talking in reference to the ship that hit an iceberg and <laughs> a lot of people died. Very sad. Go watch the movie. Yeah, it's bad. Actually, don't watch the movie. It's terrible. Read the book. <laughs> Read the book and watch the cartoon made in the 70s because that's awesome. Really? You have never seen the cartoon? No. Dude, it is one of the best things to come out of the 70s. It's awesome. Really? Yeah, that's what that song's from that you played. I'm, that's, that's no, I'm talking. Ti- I'm talking Titanic. Oh no! I was like, how is there a Titanic cartoon? How what did I miss this? There probably is. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, well, we're going on a tangent here. But so again, you mentioned Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Which I am a huge del Toro fan. I mean, you're talking the guy that made Hellboy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, Pan's Labyrinth. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the the list goes on, and he was, you know, del Toro is a visionary. A guy that's hugely helmed as a practical effect artist, mm-hmm. big on costumes, big on all of this. And I'm like, this is going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. This is the perfect person. And Peter Jackson was kind of in the in the wings as a producer. And he was executive producing it or something yep. like that, yep. which that's cool. So again, uh, at this point, what happens? Del- Guillermo del Toro walks away from the project. And this is essentially what stems into being the biggest issue mm-hmm. of this trilogy and why yeah. it failed and I'll give you a very quick direct quote from Peter Jackson before we move on 
Because Guillermo del Toro had to leave, and I jumped in. I don't know why I'm giving him a. I don't know why. A, yes, like but I'm going to stick with accent. it. <laughs> <laughs> and took over. We didn't wind the clock back a year and a half and give me a year and a half prep to design the movie, which was different to what he was doing. It was impossible. And as a, redu- as a result of it being impossible, I just started shooting the movie with most of it not prepped at all. You're going, you're going onto a set and you're winging it. You've got these massively complicated scenes, no storyboards, and you're making it up there and then on the spot. Yeah. So, again, the, the movie studios, Del Toro left... Because there was this bullshit going on with MGM, yep. New Line. Yeah, New Line went bankrupt. They, exactly. And, so there's yeah. there's multiple people being sued. You know, there Del Toro is at this point. I mean, there's he's got everything. There's mm-hmm. you know he has scripts written. Yep. He has sets being built. Yeah, storyboards, it's... costumes being made, mm-hmm. and he walks. And then Peter Jackson, who wanted nothing to do with this movie. No, he did yeah. not want to direct these films. He wanted to cash a nice, big, fat check at the end of those yes. movies. And that's all yeah, he wanted he, to he do. Did, he did The Lord of the Rings, and he was done with the Tolkien universe. He got dragged back in. He was strong-armed back in, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were like, all right, too bad. you got to do this. Yep. And he did not want to do this at all. So... At this point, he walks back in, and they're like, all right, well, even though Del Toro bailed, you still need to pick up where he left off, and we're not moving the movie deadline, because mm-hmm. we're, already, we're already in the red on this. We can't, we can't lose yeah. any more money. So, not good. No. Already not good. And one of the other crappy decisions that the movie studio pressed on Jackson then and there, so when Del, Toro, Del Toro's screenplay, script, all this stuff, Del Toro had this pegged as a duology, two films. Mm-hmm. Two films. The way it was going to go, you'd have you know the dwarves going to get Bilbo. They go on the journey, whatever. They go to the Misty Mountain, and the smog thing happens. Lone Mountain. Lonely. I'm, mountain. I'm sorry. The Lonely, sorry, mountain. lonely yeah, mountain. Yeah, Misty Mountain song. But they go yeah. to Lonely Mountain. Thank yeah. you. So told you people, he's an expert. So <laughs> again, they go to the Lonely Mountain. Uh, the whole, all the bullshit with smog happens. Smog goes and roasts Lake Town. You know, again, spoilers. Black Arrow kills Smog, <laughs> and then that is it. That's the end of part one mm-hmm. with Smog dying, and then part two is all of the fallout of that with the Battle of the Five Armies. That is how the movie was supposed to go. And instead, the studio said, "You know what? Let's uh, let's milk this. Yeah, let's milk this for all we can do. Let's turn this in. Let's turn this two hundred, slightly two hundred plus page book into three full length fucking movies." Yeah. It's a bad and, choice. Yeah, it was bad, a terrible choice. It was a terrible I mean, choice. They, they they added stuff from the appendices of the Turn of the King. That's all the stuff with Gandalf going and fighting Sauron that doesn't really exist. But yeah. he's the necromancer then. All that kind of crap. All the White Council stuff. But that, I mean, it's fine. They went into that stuff, but it doesn't. That doesn't still make it a three movie story. Yeah, but you know, Peter so. Jackson. They've got him doing press explaining why they're making these changes. And, you know, you're watching him, and he's saying this and that. And in the yeah. back of my mind, I'm just like, You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, he, he, took, he took this franchise of The Hobbit. And, I mean, at the end of it, there's only one word to describe what he did. And I, I'd have to call him murderer. Because <laughs> he just, he, 
it was awful. He, oh, yeah. he ended it, and yep. I think you know at, at the end it's tough too because he was up to this point. You know, he had Lord of the Rings, he did Kong, which it was actually pretty well received, mm-hmm. and he's done these amazing epic mo- epic movies. And then again, after this, you know, people are looking at him, and it's just like you don't have any friends. <laughs> Nobody likes you. <laughs> So <laughs> you get a, like a golem soundboard. Oh yeah, here. yeah. You gotta you gotta rock it, man. No, he's actually here. He wanted he oh. wanted to talk in studio with oh. us. So thank thank you, golem. He had to go back. He's he's gone now. But not, yeah, not a bad guy. No, no, pretty no. nice. Yeah, yeah. A little uh, yeah. on the weird side. A little weird, but so again, yeah. Three full length movies of garbage, and yeah, Guillermo del Toro. So speaking of him and him leaving. Again, he is known for his excellent use of practical effects and costume design. That is what he's known for. Go back, look at Pan's Labyrinth, look at Hellboy. There's minimal CGI, a lot of costumes, and it's just, it looks it looks good. Mm-hmm. It looks good. And then look at the end product we got with Peter Jackson coming in. Because Jackson knew, Jackson knew he was screwed. He didn't have oh, yeah. time. He didn't have time to go back, create physical props, create effects, this and that. He said, screw it. Let's CGI everything. Mm-hmm. And then, to make matters worse, let's CGI everything at 48 frames per second and 3D it. And it just, yeah. it was the perfect storm of shit. Just just a massive disaster. Because at 48 frames per second, with primarily CGI in all of the action scenes, it looked awful. It's terrible. Awful. Absolutely and we're going to talk about some of the action scenes in a little bit, but it just took you out of everything. Oh, yeah. And I mean... The, the the best way to look at it is, you know, again, The Hobbit came out what? What was it? The Hobbit was 2000. So how many years after Lord of the Rings, roughly, that, that I think, trilogy? I think eight or ten years, maybe? Yeah, yeah. so right? you're, yeah, you're, talking, you're talking eight, nine, ten years. Yeah. So it should have looked as good, if not better. Now go back, watch Lord of the Rings compared mm-hmm. to this movie. Lord of the Rings is aged so much better. Oh yeah. Because they didn't overdo it on practical effects. They had models of all of the the cities, mm-hmm. this and that, and it's just yeah, horrible yeah, they, horrible mistake. The Lord of the Rings used CG as it should be used, whereas it's a an accompaniment to practical effects. Like with the elephants. With the elephants. Uh actually that that's one of the worst looking yes. scenes in Lord of the Rings when when uh, Legolas is Legolas sliding does down. the yes. Yabba Dabba Doo slide. Down yes, the, down yeah, the truck. that that That's is without bad, that is the that is the one point. Every time I watch the trilogy yeah. again, that that scene always sticks out to me. Yep. But luckily, no one will fucking remember that scene because the Hobbit <laughs> took that. The Hobbit was like, "Hold my beer." Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll show you something great. Oh, Let's do this, and we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, I'm getting angry. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, atrocious. So. Again, and I mean, if, if you're talking CGI, let's get right into the films now. Let's start, you know, we've talked enough about Del Toro and what the mm-hmm. hell went on. So, speaking of bad CGI, dude, the Goblin King. Dude, The he's Goblin bad. King and that whole scene. Yeah. Oh, my God, it looks so terrible. It's awful. It's terrible. The entire scene, I, think, I don't think there was a single actual actor in most of those scenes. No, and if you look back, like, behind the scenes shit, it's just green screen everything. Yeah. The actors, you can tell, they have no idea what's going mm-hmm. on. And it just, it looks like shit. It does, yeah. It looks like yeah, shit. They're, they're reacting to a tennis ball and a stick, which 
it's it's really hard to do as an actor. Which so. you, I, I think you were the one that told me this. It wasn't there something with Ian McKellen who again plays Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Like it, apparently he like had a breakdown yeah. on set because yeah. he was so upset that he couldn't act with real actors. Yeah, yeah, he just got inferior because I mean he's he's an he's a classical old school actor. He acts with people. Well, he's a wizard. He's been around forever. <laughs> he's been around for at least six thousand years. So, <laughs> so again that. Especially the Goblin King, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just everything was so terrible. Yeah, and then I remember that scene too, and like there's wooden planks falling, and they're like riding on them, like whoa! Yep, yep. And, then and they, it just and then the end of it when the Goblin King falls, and they like what do they use him as like a trampoline mat or <sighs> some stupid crap? It was just awful. Awful. It awful, was so awful. it was so bad. And I mean, talking about again, so we just mentioned CGI. Let's get back to some of the practical effects, and honestly. One of the things that bugged me was character designs. You're talking the dwarves, the hobbits, humans, elves. I don't know what it was about. If you go back to Lord of the Rings, everything felt natural. Everything blended into the scene. Mm-hmm. In this, everything was kind of off-putting. And it yeah. was kind of like, I don't know. I'm trying to find the right word, but it was like not memorable. It was bland. Yeah. And I mean, nothing, nothing more exacerbates that than the dwarves themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, again... You have Thorn, Balin, Bifur, Bofur, Bomber, Dory, Dwaylin, Philly, uh, Feely, I'm sorry, Gloin, Keely, Nori, Ori, Ori. And it's like, at the end of the film, it's like, if you ask me to name them or do this and that, I can name maybe like two yeah. or three of them because you just don't, it just mm-hmm. all blends. And I mean, it, it didn't yeah. make sense. I mean, the, the only ones, again, like the very main characters, they look pretty good, like Thorin. Um, Even Thorin, I mean... They, I, I know why they did what they did by not covering him in makeup, but it doesn't jive with every other uh, Peter Jackson dwarf that you've seen. Yes, and that's the thing. You like know? the Lord of the Rings dwarves look like fantasy dwarves. Yeah, because they you look have, good. You have, I mean, honestly, the, really, the only one you really see is is Gimli, but he's so covered in makeup you can't recognize John Rhys Davies under there. No, um, and. You do see what is the, it? Gl- yeah, Gloin too. Yeah. briefly in the in the whole little uh, little ring scene in in uh, Rivendell. Yes, but you kind of see him in the background. But he's also covered in makeup and looks like Gimli. Probably yeah, and then dad, and then it was weird too taking people like um like Keeley who oh Keeley and Keeley who look beautiful and stunning. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, dude, like they don't even look like dwarves. No, they're just dudes. It's just like regular dudes. Like they, they yeah. essentially they look like hobbits. That's yeah. a better way to describe them. They look like hobbits with uh, what? One of them had the uh, had the scruffy beard, and one of them had like a little goatee or some crap. Yeah, yeah and awful. it was just I made no sense. Yeah, the, the the few the few dwarves in that that looked good were Bomber looked good because he's the big fat guy, and they had to do makeup for him. And Biffer looked good. I think Balin looked good. Yeah, but by and large, they look like garbage. Yeah, and it's just, so. again, you could say the same things for some of the elves as they went through, and mm-hmm. even some of the humans were just, they were just so ridiculous looking. Yeah. And we'll talk about a few of those in a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, it just, again, I yep. did not like, I, whether it was costume design or whoever came up with that crap. Whoever did costume design dropped the ball big time on the dwarves, because a big, the one of the things that stands out to me in the book is when all the dwarves show up to Bilbo's house, every one of them has a different colored hood that he yes. puts on the peg by by Bilbo's door. 
and that that image has stood Smash with me the since I read it. And the plates, that's that wasn't what too bad. Bilbo Baggins hates <laughs> that song. wasn't too bad in the, in yeah. the movie, but I mean, they they all had the same crap on. You know, it doesn't. There's no identity to them all. Exactly, so. and that's that's a perfect way to describe yeah. it. No identity mm-hmm. in them. No identity in this movie. Yeah, you know, most of the characters were just not memorable. And by the end, I was like, yeah, whatever. It's yep. just awful. Whereas Lord of the Rings, I look back and you can fondly remember oh, all yeah. of everyone in the Fellowship, people mm-hmm. that they came across. It felt like a living, breathing world. Absolutely. That, and this because it was. I mean, they they built Hobbiton a year before they even started shooting. Yes. So it looked lived in and awesome. So <laughs> let's talk about this dwarf elf love triangle. Oh, that's my favorite part. <laughs> So Toriel, horrible Keely, and guess what? Legolas is back hey, in the movie. Hey, Orlando hey, Bloom. Yeah, Lego my Egolas. <laughs> so again, there was no need for him to be brought back into this film. It was no. complete fan service. But I mean, that doesn't bother me that he was there because in the Lord Lord of the Rings, I mean the the King of the Elves are in in the Hobbit is Legolas's dad. So. He should be there, probably in the background, hanging around. It's not in, Elrond. No, Legolas isn't Elrond's dad. I mean, Elrond. No, I thought, I thought Elrond dad. was the king of the elves. No, no. Uh, so the the elves are broken up into different groups. So Elrond's kind of the leader of Rivendell. Um, Legolas's dad is the king of the Wood Elves. Okay. In the Hobbit, so that's Legolas's dad. So Legolas probably will be there because he's a couple hundred years old. So he's probably hanging around there. So the fact that he's in those scenes doesn't bother me. He's not in the book, but that's fine. He's but they made him such a prominent role. Yes. And again, they made Toriel, a character that's not in the books at mm-hmm. all, again, yep. a very prominent role, um, again, played by Evangeline Lilly, mm-hmm. who we're going to talk about in a second. But, I mean, at least we got great, you know, great, great dialogue like this. Aren't you going to search me? I could have anything down my trousers. Or nothing. Oh, God. Awful. Awful. It's so bad. It's terrible. So, again, we mentioned Evangeline Lilly, which she actually stated when she took the role of Torio, which was a completely made up for the movie. It was not someone from the books that she would only do so if she wasn't roped into a love triangle. Just like her character, Mm -hmm. Kate, in Lost, which I was a big fan of Lost. I loved her in Lost. And I was pumped when I saw her cast in this movie. And the movie execs, they all agreed. They, they agreed to those terms. They said, you know what? That's fine. We're not going to put you mm-hmm. in a love story, a love triangle. This is going to be a unique character that's going to have its own story, this and that. Well, she shot her scenes, and it seemed to be that way. A couple months later, she was called back for reshoots. And that's when she realized during all of the reshoots that her character was once again being put into a love triangle as a love yeah. interest yeah dude pr- pr- producers and studios really need to not screw with movies it's it's atrocious that's 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 what this ugh. entire trilogy was yeah it yep. was people just tinkering and screwing with it that had mm-hmm. no idea yeah what was best for this yep. th- just anything I, if you look back every movie that should be good that comes out like a s- giant pile of shit gets that way because the studio puts their fingers into it and does a change does something to it yep so yep yep so again she was a you may not know this she was a a huge tolkien fan 
I mean, when she was mm-hmm. a young girl, her parents read her The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings before bedtime every night, and she was adamant about the fact like she pursued this role. Yeah, this this was her dream role. She loved all the Tolkien universe, mm-hmm. and they. I feel bad because they they just. Oh yeah, they cro- they, they just killed her dreams essentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah that that was just an unneeded angle yeah. in many and, unneeded portions of this trilogy. And if anyone takes a minute to read anything related to Tolkien's views on elves and dwarves, you know that they despise each other. There would never be a love triangle between a dwarf and two elves. It wouldn't be a thing in the lore of Lord of the Rings. I don't know, man. The way Legolas was eyeballing Gimli at the I end mean, of Return of the King. That, that's full on a bromance. <laughs> but dude, even in even in the Lord of the Rings, that's like one of the very few times in the history of Middle Earth where an elf and a dwarf were friends. Yep. They did not like each other. So Oh, it's forbidden love though, man. Mm. It's so hot. Oh no. Oh, interspecies mm. relations. Legolas, I love you. <laughs> It's horrible. Oh, it's yeah, it's fucking terrible. Hate it. Speaking of terrible, let's talk about the barrel scene. That's my favorite scene in the whole series. Yay! Yay. Splash Mountain with Yay. barrels, oh, and no. we're rolling in them and oh, jumping and off them and doing crazy things yeah. for fucking fifteen oh, minutes. And we're all entirely CGI, and it looks like shit. And then we magically get axes out of nowhere. Yeah, isn't this fun? Oh my god, we could spend we could spend the entire episode talking about this barrel scene. It's bad. It is just so goddamn horrendously bad. This does not happen in the books at all. No. In the books, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. all these barrels are sealed. They are. Every barrel is sealed and then until they and what well, they end up in Lake Town, correct? Uh they they end up outside of Lake Town on like a little like a little dock or some damn thing where they collect all the barrels. So they're not they don't end up in Lake Town, but they'll end up close to Lake Town where there are men from Lake Town gathering those barrels. But yeah, and the whole time Bilbo is just clinging to barrels and is invisible with the ring on. So they don't even see him till later, but yeah, it's bad. It's it's, re- it's just bad. We mentioned a lot of, you know, talking unnecessary action and CGI scenes again. You're taking a two to two hundred and fifty page book and you're trying to turn it into three trilogies worth of material, all with movies that are ranging anywhere from two and a half to three hours. Mm-hmm. And it is just, it's garbage scenes like this that yeah. this it was so unnecessary. If they kept it at two films, mm-hmm. condensed this, it would have been so much better for it. Yeah. And all of these action scenes are just complete garbage. Garbage filler. It looks like crap. It does not progress the story or the plot at all. In mm-hmm. fact, it detracts from it, pulls you out of the movie, and it just—it's—it's—it it really is. If you want to—if you want to look at everything wrong with this movie, go watch the barrel scene. Yep. Could pretty much leave it at that. Yeah, that's it. That is the definition of this entire. That that explains the entire movie to you. How yep. shitty the entire thing is, other than. When the dwarves are at Bilbo's house and they sing the Misty Mountain song. So speaking about <laughs> shitty, let's let's talk about Smoke. Smoke, oh Smoke, <laughs> you're so great and powerful, <laughs> Mister oh. Ben Benedict Cucumber Patch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, the thing that just absolutely killed me with this, and again, I'm comparing this back to it's been many years since I've actually read The Hobbit. 
but I love the animated film as well. I love how they did smoke in that. Mm-hmm. And in this film, it was just again, he he was menacing, don't get me wrong. He looked but, the design of Smog was really cool. He looked cool as but hell. They they had like a 10 15 minute scene of the oh, dwarves running like around? running around like yeah. and, and just yep. distracting him and then Smog is trying to get them then to the point where they're tricking Smog into like lighting old hearths so mm-hmm. they could boil down gold it's to then atrocious. pour it on him and it's like it, it's just so ridiculous it really is watching all of this happening and they're running across bridges and he's smashing them and I'm like this is fucking ridiculous it's awful it's awful and I mean it, again you're the the lore master here but I'm trying to recall back to my childhood when I read the Hobbit but I believe in the original Hobbit Bilbo goes in with the ring Bilbo goes in, in with the invisible, ring invisible and yeah. he they kind of go back and forth again I think riddles come into play and yeah. he's because Smoke Th- is trying to figure really out what he is cool talk. They, they, they kept some of that in the movie and that's the cool part of that but, that's it that's the only cool part when they keep some of it. But, but one but one thing that pissed me off is that they didn't keep in the part where they're discussing and there's something that Bilbo says that makes Smog think he's a lake man. Yeah, he says he's a barrel rider. Yes, thank you. Yeah. He does yeah. not Oh no, I'm sorry. He may say that in the movie. Now I'm trying to remember. I, I, I think, think that he says they, barrel they rider. kept a chunk of that in, but, which is good. But th- they missed one of the coolest things. But Smog sees him. He sees him and sees that he's a hobbit. Oh yeah, in this, and he sees it as dwarves. Why the hell, after all of this, is he does going he up and rim? does yeah. he up and leave? Yep. Not kill them, and he goes to Lake Town to roast it. Yeah. Why? Yep. Yeah. So, so in in the book, if people want to know, Bilbo goes in all by himself because Thorne's being a dickhead, um, because he's basically a dickhead the entire book to Bilbo. Well, he's a dickhead in the movies too. He is. So they kind of kept that. Um, and Balin goes in with them like halfway down and then and then kind of crashes his pants and leaves. So Bilbo's down there all by himself and he has this cool one-on-one with Smog, and then he runs away and Smog never sees him. He talks to him and, he's, and he knows where he is, but he never sees him because he's got the ring on the whole Yeah, and he time. makes an assumption that he's a lake, assumes, he's oh, a lake man. You're a lake man. I'm going to go smash them up after I find you. So he goes and flies around the Lonely Mountain and looking for him, but they're hiding in this crazy cool little secret passage and he can't find them. So he's like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to go kill all the lake men. Let's yeah, do it. Which again, that, that makes sense in the book. And sure again, does. in this movie, the fact that they have this whole bullshit scene where... The dwarves are doing all these ridiculous things. They're swinging from ropes. They're mm-hmm. doing this and that, and they're not getting hit. Yeah. And Smoke blatantly knows it's dwarves and a fucking hobbit. Yeah. Why are you leaving and just going to Lake Town? Mm-hmm. Why? There's again shitty writing. Yeah. It just they 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 literally threw this 10, 15 minute scene in just to add filler to the movie. Yep. And then the icing on the cake, the biggest middle finger. You just see the very last scene, Smog flying towards Lake Town, and the fucking movie ends mm-hmm. yeah are you shitting me it's so bad no no climax no resolution no anything like come on yeah it's bad it's so friggin bad to leave that stupid fucking cliffhanger like again yeah. I'm, I'm getting pissed off you, but you, you know how bad it is it's so bad i need this yeah there that's you go. how bad it is yeah there you go it's i atrocious. told you i told you you need that i know <laughs> you get heated and you, you gotta re, you gotta rehydrate you gotta rehydrate so again yeah and the end of the desolation of smoke ends with him flying towards Lake Town. 
the beginning of the Battle of the Five Armies, which guess what should have focused on the Battle of the Five Armies. Wouldn't instead, that be nice? instead we have to spend twenty five minutes, twenty twenty five minutes of Smog's quote unquote mini desolation because that whole thing is cheapened now mm-hmm. because you have it in a film where you know he's going to die quickly because then they have to spend all this other time rebuilding up the fucking dialogue for the five mm-hmm. armies and it, it's just. It's so stupid that they did it this way. Yeah. The second film should have ended with Smoke's death, and then the fifth... I'm sorry. The, the third film should mm-hmm. have been the repercussions. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, it's just... I, I say five because it felt like the way they shot it should have been five <laughs> fucking films. But, yeah, it's just so stupid. It pisses me off. So let's let's move on from Smoke. I'm, I'm done talking about him. Oh, Smoke. Let's talk about another great character. Let's talk about the Pale Orc, Azog. Oh, yeah, he's the best, isn't he? Yeah, you, you can take the, this one. This CG on him is impeccable. He looks like a real thing. Ugh. I mean, they definitely couldn't have just used a dude in makeup for that like they did for every other goddamn orc and goblin in Lord of the Rings. And they look so good. Yeah, they look real. The goblins, the orcs, the Orokai, I mean, they, they look great. Mm-hmm. And then you look at this and it they the best way to describe it they almost look like action figures that were like you had Crisco dumped on them they have that like <laughs> kind of weird shimmery kind of you know what I mean yeah 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 the, like the, the, yeah the CG shimmer that, oh. that that you get with shitty shitty CG oh my god yeah. it's fucking terrible yep and I mean and again Azog he was supposed to have died 150 years before these events yep. in the Hobbit even took place not him. I believe, it, I might be wrong, I'm not like Stephen Colbert with Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trivia, but Azog is the son of the orc that died. So like Thorin's father in the Battle of Moria, when the, when, right when the, when, the, when the orcs and stuff took a over A mine, Moria, they call it. A mine! Um, killed this dude's dad. And in the Hobbit, he exists. He exists for exactly one friggin line where they said the son of this god this orc is leading the armies of the orcs instead they make him that's it instead they make him the protagonist of this entire trilogy necessary the protagonist of most of of pretty much the entirety of the hobbit is the journey the journey to get there is the protagonist just like in lord of the rings like sauron is is a protagonist but he's not the protagonist of the lord of the rings books I mean, he is a protagonist, but... Yeah, it's literally the journey to get the ring from point A to point B being yeah. Mount Doom. Yep. I guess it should be point D for Doom. Point D to Doom. Doom, yeah. Doom, Doom. Doom. So, um, again, yeah. there was no reason to add this orc. There was no reason to make him no. fully CGI. Nope. No reasons for many things. Correct. And it was just... Oh, yeah. Again, just another stupid decision mm-hmm. by everyone. And... Another, another. Let's 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 stay with characters here. Cool. Uh, I believe it's uh it's Bjorn. Bjorn. Yeah, Bjorn, yeah, the skin changer, aka Bear Man. He's pretty badass in the book. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's got he's got a big role in the book. Yeah, I mean yeah he he's got a chunk in the book. It's not a huge role, but he's definitely one of the main secondary characters in the book. Yeah, and it's like they reduce him to not much at all. No, in these films, and I thought he was a fantastic character that they could have done more with mm-hmm. and it you know yeah. it, they just i felt like they shortchanged them of course they did they shortchanged they did everything they could to make the movies bad i swear to god it's like the producers that's what they <laughs> wanted to have done here it's a yeah it's a good comp right there and 
it, it's just it's so bad. Like if you go and watch the actual behind the scenes, I think it's in, I believe it's in Battle of the Five Armies. There's a shot you can actually just YouTube this. You can see uh, Peter Jackson literally sitting in his chair, like yawning. He just looks <laughs> defeated. He's so disinterested in everything going on. Yeah, and you just see like, you know, Ian McKellen, like you know, hey, uh, you gonna say action? He's just like, ah, oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating a bit with that, but you know, he again, he wanted nothing to do with these movies. Completely disinterested. Yeah. So yeah, made no sense. Yep. I mean, I'll spend another quick second. Let's talk about again. We mentioned ridiculous action scenes, so. <laughs> Yeah, the, the most ridiculous action <laughs> CGI action sequence I've ever seen in anything. So go to the Battle of the Five Armies. I showed this to you. Yeah, it's and it's <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever seen. Legolas is fighting uh, one of the one of the orc like generals or mm-hmm. one of the higher ups, and at one point they're on a bridge and like there's these falling debris that come down. The bridge is falling apart, and like <laughs> he starts jumping Ugh. from like falling brick to falling stone brick and it it looks so bad (laughs) my god like my son could have done a better job like doing the cgi (laughs) graphics on this and he's three and a half years old yeah so it's literally like someone hopped in photoshop cut legolas out clicked on him and was just moving him brick to brick yeah and it just it looks it looks horrendous yeah it's like i feel i I honestly feel bad for like the the computer animators that worked on this because I'm sure they did what they could with probably the time and the budget they got to do it. Yeah, and it just looks so bad. Yeah, it's awful. It's yeah, it's because because you know bad. you you know like the animator didn't finish this thing up. Like the animation studio didn't finish something. Like oh yeah, that looks pretty sweet. I don't think they had a choice. No, I don't think they, so. They I, had deadlines they had to hit, and they yep. were just like, yep. Yep, this it's, good, good, it's enough. good enough. Good enough. Let's go. It's a dumpster fire like, anyway. Let's like, go. It's honestly like the CG that you would expect out of the next sci-fi channel uh, made-for-TV movie. But again, we mentioned earlier, but this whole thing was just exacerbated by the fact that yeah. the 48 frames per second mm-hmm. in theaters just it magnified the shit yep. out of this. It made everything that was bad look worse. And I feel like when they originally edited it and they were like, all right, you know what? It's passable. And then they were sitting, you know, they went to the, when the film launched and all of like the, like you said, the CG animators, they're sitting mm-hmm. in the theater and they're just like, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> <And it's, laughs> I mean, that's, Whoa. thank you, Bilbo. That's Bilbo scary. Baggins, people. <laughs> he, again, we have a lot of people, we have a lot of people stopping by today. I know. Yeah. Yeah, Bilbo's a pretty nice guy. We had to get in the high chair for your son, but <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so again we'll let's spend a little time on a few more characters that just again i had, I had a lot of issues with how they portrayed characters in this mm-hmm. and let's talk radagast the brown yeah so radagast is a neat character and they, they kind of shortchanged him in lord of the rings because they just kind of skipped him out they just kind of yeah no we're not gonna have him in there because he he is in Lord of the Rings. He helps. He's the one that helps Gandalf escape from Sauron. Yes. It's not. It's not the moth. It's, it's Radagast <laughs> helps him. So so they kind of shortchanged him in that. But then they threw him in this and just made him look like a like an absolute idiot, bumbling idiot. Yeah. Which is stupid because again you have you're talking about 
you know, you had uh, Saruman, mm-hmm. Gandalf, Radagast, and then the two the, blue wizards. The two blue blue wizards, yeah. Which they never they never reference a name, correct? Uh, there, there's a name. There's names to them, but I don't think they're like what, what are they? Hundred percent cam. Is it a Mithrandel? What? No, Mithrandir is is Gandalf. Okay, yeah, but yeah. they're all they're all. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're all basically angels. Yes, they're, they're, they're the same. So all the wizards are so so they're not like mortal beings. They're they're in the world of Lord of the Rings. There's the gods, and then there's a tier right below them, and that's where. That's what Gandalf and Sauron and the other wizards are. Sauron as well, correct? And Sauron is at the same level. Um, he, he was just, just amplified got, by the ring. Yeah, he just kind of got a power up because he was the the right hand man to Morgoth, who is a full on god that the other gods fought with back in thousands of years ago and yeah, defeated. Let's do, and let's do all a quick crap. Yeah. yeah, let's do a quick lore break because we haven't yeah. we've been babbling about okay. this. So cool. Again, you mentioned Morgoth. So I remember this is. Yeah. I believe this is in the Silmarillion. You told me the badass story. Who's the elf that goes and just oh, calls him a, out? Uh, 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 Jesus, why would you do that? <laughs> Fingolfin, I think. Okay, maybe. I'm probably wrong, and people are going to yell at me. But I think it's it's. Uh, damn it, I'm going to look. I can't look it up. I'm service right. in your damn basement. Well, in any um, case, keep yeah. keep reading. I'll look it up. So so I'll keep so, talking. I yeah yeah. Say. So so this this elf king goes to the gate, basically the gates of hell, which is you know Morgoth's stronghold. And there's a massive war. And his side, the 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 side of good is losing, and he just goes to the gates. Fingolin, Fingolfin, 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 Fingolfin. Um, there you go. He, <laughs> I can't, can't pronounce that at all. <laughs> so 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 he's like, you know, no no, screw it. I'm gonna call this dude out. So he goes to the gates. This um, is an elf calling out a god. Yeah, of the of uh, Iron Mountain, something like that. Uh, he is an elf. He calls out a god. It's like you calling out the devil himself. And saying, hey, get your ass out here because I'm going to fuck your shit up now. And he fights him. And he gets the shit kicked out of him. But before he dies, he wounds Morgoth in the foot. And after that, Morgoth kind of bitches out and won't ever come out to do any battles. Yeah, so he, he wounded a god. Yeah, he wounded a god. He died, but he wounded a damn god, which is pretty badass. Yeah. Um, and then the other gods stepped in and they finally took down Morgoth and captured him and... They basically sunk half a continent by doing so. Jesus. So the, so the gods decided they would never again interfere in the mortal world. Which again is why they got stuck with the Gandalfs, the Saruman's, yes. still staying in the mortal world. They, that's why to they overlook sent the them realms. There. Yeah, of, yeah. They basically sent them there to protect, and all of them basically in the world of Lord of the Rings, all of them failed except for Gandalf, because huh. the the two blue wizards went off and did whatever that whatever the hell they're doing. Uh, Sauron turns evil. He ends up joining Sauron. Uh, oh, spoilers, dude. Oh, so sorry. It's only been out since the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, no, 60s. <laughs> uh, and uh, Radagast just kind of gives up on everything and kind of hangs out with his woodland creatures. Yeah. So Gandalf's the only one that actually does stuff. Yeah, I was just wasn't a huge fan of how they portrayed Radagast after reading no, they reading a, things about him, the Silmarillion and other yeah, things. Yeah, he's supposed to be super wise, and he knows everything there is to know about the natural world of Middle Earth. That's, yeah, that's his thing, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. And again, characters I wasn't happy with uh, that the the dude uh, Alfred Lickspittle. Oh yeah, he's sweet. Yeah, the, he was the assistant <laughs> deputy and counselor at Lake Town. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he. 
even the name, like Alfred Lickspittle, is <laughs> fucking atrocious. Like, I mean, it's and it's like having having the having like the prote- the antagonist in a in a uh, in a book called like Joe Bad Guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Big McLarge, huge <laughs> Gristle McThornbody. <laughs> so. Essentially, I mean, the best way to describe this guy, he's a D-list Grima Warrington. Yeah. Which, I mean, Grima Warrington is already a C-list villain, so... Yeah. I mean, yeah. that... Although, Warrington was fine. The way they used him in Lord of the Rings, oh, yeah. it, it was yeah, sparingly, they did, they did and good. it was it was fine. Yeah. This this guy was like... This guy got way too many scenes. It was goofy. It mm-hmm. was just... It did not fit... No. The proposed, the proposed tone of the film that they were going for, which I don't even know what they were going for, but... It just it did not fit yeah. at all, and again, I mean, if we're if we're gonna end this, let's end this with the last film again, the Battle of the Five Armies. This is what the Hobbit's building up to. Oh again, yeah, again, the yeah. Battle of the Five mm-hmm. Armies. It's yep. supposed to be this epic, crazy battle, unlike anything else. We're all looking forward to it. It was a CGI snooze fest. Mm-hmm. It looked like crap. Nothing made sense in it. It honestly, it felt like a video game cutscene yeah. battle. Yeah, I mean, what would have been cool is like that. That's one of those things you don't see the battle in the books, and or in the book, in the Hobbit, you see the very beginning of it. Bilbo gets his ass yeah, knocked out. Yeah, because you're you're seeing from yeah. Bilbo's perspective that yeah. he gets knocked out. Yeah, he gets his ass knocked up out, and then he wakes up hours after the battle's over. So you don't even really see the battle. Yeah, and then he um, goes to find Thorin mortally wounded. Yeah, yeah. And again, none of this happens. Right. None of this happens in the movie. Yeah. So Instead you get this bullshit thing and Thorin's up there and he's fighting again the pale orc and yeah. Bilbo's throwing rocks at people mm-hmm. and it's like it's just oh my god. I mean it's it's fine that they were gonna show the battle because that's one of those things like, oh cool, you, you can get to see the battle of five armies. That's awesome. But yeah, they did it wicked shitty. It was awful. So, yeah. It was absolutely awful. Yeah. And then he, and I, I'm gonna be brutally honest here, I still have not watched the Battle of Five Armies. You didn't do your watched, homework. I didn't. I didn't because I can't bring myself to watch that that train wreck of a film. Because I was so I was I went to visit friends in Chicago when Desolation or Smog came out. We went and went to go see it in a movie theater in Chicago, and I almost walked out of the movie oh, theater. I pour one out for so your much. homies. Do it. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> but so yeah, I just have not been able to bring myself to watch that. I unfortunately watched trash it. of a movie. <laughs> Yeah, didn't watch it in theaters. Could not bring myself to pay them money to sit in a theater and watch yeah. this. But it was again, it was just absolutely terrible. Nothing made sense. And I, I lo- one of the things that pissed me off too that so at the very end you have Thorin, who again he's obsessed with the gold. He's mm-hmm. whatever dragon sickness bullshit. Yeah, and he finally he finally ends up kicking that. It looks like you know the the armies of dwarves. Men, elves, they're all getting their asses beaten down. And then all of a sudden, you know, Thorin runs out with his company, you know, going, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like him and like whatever, whatever it is, like 12, 13 other dwarves. Yeah. And and all of a sudden that turns the tide of the battle. How the fuck do like 12 <laughs> or 13 dwarves all of a sudden turn the tide of the entire well, you, battle? You don't understand. They're the main characters. Oh, that's how, that's how plot it works. armor. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I don't want it. I never wanted it. I never wanted this movie after seeing it. Honestly, I mean, once again, 
that that kind of covers our notes with what we have on the movie and things that pissed us off. Yeah. There is a multitude of other things I'm sure we're not even thinking yeah. of, but once again, I stick by it that after they after they did this, I don't care what they say, Peter Jackson, many of the others, they must just be sitting back and once again I'm going to do what have we done? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That they should be. It's so bad. It's like in one of those I I can't blame any of the actors. The actors nope. get the script and they do it as good as that they try to yes. polish that turd as much as they can. And I can't fault any of the actors. They all did Dude, a fine job. It was a job. CGI glistening turd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll give them that. They, they they do what they can with what they ha- with what they're given, but oh yeah it's yeah. So, so it was bad. it was not it was just so yeah. so bad. And once again, I mean, let me kind of rack your brain now that we finished with notes on like what made the movie shitty. But let's talk let's talk some end notes yeah. kind of past this. When are we going to see the inevitable reboot of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit? Because it is going to happen. Oh, it will it absolutely will. You can't have something that makes that much money and not want to get more money out of it. I and mean, I mean, already Amazon's doing a series. Um, it's not Lord of the Rings. I don't know where they're sourcing the material. I'm assuming it's the appendices and Return of the King again, but they're doing a series that takes place in the Second Age, okay. which is back when, you know, the 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 elves were in full power and you know, Gondor was a was a power in the world, and Numenor still existed. And that's yeah, and this all takes place in the Third Age, correct? Yeah, yeah, Lo- yeah. Lord of the Rings takes place in the Third Age, and then as that ends, it becomes the Fourth Age. I, ba- I think interesting. Yeah. Which is the age wherein I can't remember because because the Lord of the Rings, if people don't know that that was Tolkien's attempt to make like a epic history of Europe. Basically, because all because a lot of these ancient cultures of England, pretty much, because all these other ancient cultures had this rich history to go off of, and England really didn't up until you know the the thousands, you know, up until the the Normans conquered, they didn't have much history. Yep. So there was obviously history there, but there wasn't a lot of written down records. So it was basically his attempt to create English history. Um, from six thousand years ago. Interesting. So, yeah, because he even opens up the Lord of the Rings. I think the Hobbit. The, he opens up the Hobbit. We're saying that hobbits are still around, but they're very shy, so no one sees them anymore. <laughs> so, so I mean, everything's supposed to be classic real. Tolkien. Yeah, yeah. Like all this stuff is meant to have actually happened in the world. So, like Middle Earth is England, pretty much. Yeah, and I mean it, it. Again, it's not quite filmed in England, but it's filmed over. What was it mainly in uh, New Zealand? Yeah, New Zealand. And it looks awesome. Yeah, I mean the aesthetically that part looks great. Mm-hmm. But again, when you overlay it with so much CGI. Yeah. Speaking of which, have you have you seen or heard about this Tolkien film? Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. I want to see it. I heard it's pretty cool. Um, I haven't heard it's it's from what I heard it's not awesome, but I've heard it's pretty good. So I am very interested in it because it kind of from from what I've read it kind of shows where he got a lot some of the ideas for Lord of the Rings from because uh, I mean if you look there's a there's a lot of stuff about how war is not great especially in the end of the Hobbit at the end of the Hobbit book when Thorin is on his deathbed he tells Bilbo we should never have fought about the fought over this why can't we just share what we have with everyone because it's share a very share the load share the load because it's, it's a very anti-war sentiment in an anti-war book because of what Tolkien saw in World War One. 
I mean, if you, Interesting. And, it, and especially if you look in Lord of the Rings, descriptions of Mordor are very similar to descriptions, the soldiers' descriptions of Verdun in France. Because that was a battle that went forever in World War One, and just it, it decimated the French countryside, just just whole smoking holes and pits that with toxic gas just laying in it, and just just it basically hell on earth. And that's what Mordor was. Interesting. So, yeah. So, kind of lastly, to touch on speaking of Tolkien so much, let's let's talk a little bit about the Tolkien estate and yeah. what's going on. So, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Christopher Tolkien? Mm-hmm that currently has control of yeah. the full estate and the, mm-hmm. the assets. So, again, we're talking the Silmarillion yep. and the Unfinished Tales. Yep, and Children of Huron and basically anything that came out after Lord of the Rings okay. is is what's still in the Tolkien estate because Tolkien has sold off Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit in the, the, the 70s because he owed Odin his taxes. Uh-oh. So he needed to make quick cash to pay his taxes. Oopsie. So, yep, sold the rights to those, and they've been in other people's hands for quite a while. Yeah, and I mean, at some point, how old's Christopher Tolkien now? I mean, he's got uh, he's be, in his nineties, I think. He's he's very old. Yeah, because from what I've heard, he's very stingy with the property. Does not yeah, want to hand it he out. He won't give it out to anyone. Because I mean, you'd have to you'd have to venture to guess that once he's out of the picture, and it goes to the rest of the Tolkien family. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's I mean, probably going to end up somewhere. You know, it would be great to that. That would be my dream of a reboot. You know, start mm-hmm. with the Silmarillion. Yeah. And see all of this crazy lore. Oh, it's nuts! The then, Silmarillion's crazy. Like, I mean, the first like eighty pages of Silmarillion is the most boring stuff I've ever read. It's a Bible. I mean, it's, it's the it's, Bible. It's basically the yeah. creation of the world of the of the world, and it's wicked, wicked dense. And and the Iluvatar yeah. said <laughs> to the Aina, yeah, uh, <laughs> Malkor <laughs> was discontent. <laughs> you need to you need to go on YouTube and find. The uh, audiobook version—it's so weird. Not—it's not bad. It's just so strange. Oh, it's yeah. Uh, it is uh It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. I'll put it that way. Speaking of which, I completely forgot to add a drop that our buddy Ian wanted oh, us to put in oh, here. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, he pretty much had some. Mm-hmm. He choice had something. Words. To, he had some choice words. I'm gonna hold yeah. it up to the mic just so you can hear it. Yeah. But th- these were his thoughts on. You know, Lord of the Rings going into The Hobbit. If it's not broken, don't fix it. That is so, a good sentiment. So that that pretty much sums up what it, it, they already had the formula. Yeah. The formula was done. Yep. Why they did what they did and why they moved away from a perfect formula. Mm-hmm. For just a complete crap show, I do not know. I mean, it's. It, I think it almost all, or most of the things, just came down to time. Peter Jackson didn't have the time to do what he did with Lord of the Rings. I mean, pre-production on Lord of the Rings, I think, started two years before they even put film in camera. Right. So they just didn't have that with it. He had three months. Yeah. I think yeah. it was three to four months. Yep. Before I mean, they started actually filming this. Yeah. And he had to go by. Again, it was 90, 90% Guillermo del Toro's film at that point. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. said, nope, I'm done. And he trashed it all. And I, 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 do not blame, I do not blame Guillermo del Toro on this at all. No, no. They, it was they, stuck in they, purgatory. He, they, was waiting, he was waiting on this project while they were going back and forth with lawsuits. Yeah. And he kept going back and saying, guys, like, I'm ready to go. What yep. the hell is going on? Yeah, they dicked him around for years. And he wasn't making, obviously, he wasn't making any money. 
because yep. he was tied up in trying to do this. So he finally got sick of it and said, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to do, I'm going to go do something else. What have we done? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that about sums it up. Yeah. But yeah, I think this, uh, it's been an enlightening episode. Sure has. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Anything else you want to cover? No, I think I'm good. Cool. I'll be back for other episodes, I'm sure, at some point. For maybe. every future episode? Every future episode. Brian is done. Cool. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah. We'll, yep. have, to have, a, we'll have to have a battle. No more Brian. Aw. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening, everybody. This has been Fandom at Random. We are out. Peace. <laughs>